I'll be using the dictionary at times to state how I feel, but this most of the episode will be done off the top of my head. I want to talk about the organized crime type of sex and sexuality I saw and how it relates to my uh, enthusiasm for ethical sex and ethical sexuality, married and unmarried, okay? Monogamous and non-monogamous. Plural or singular. So, in organized crime, I witnessed husbands cheating on their wives when I was five years old. When I was five years old, I witnessed wives cheating on their husbands. I, at, at, when I was five years old, I witnessed girlfriends cheating on their boyfriends. When I was five years old, I witnessed boyfriends cheating on their girlfriends. When I was five years old, I witnessed um, life partners cheating with the best friends and the close friends of their life partners. I witnessed life partners cheating with the adult children of their life partners. I witnessed life partners cheating with sisters, nieces, nephews, cousins, uncles, grandparents, parents, brothers, sisters of their life partners. I witnessed life partners cheating with the aunts of their life partners. Um, I witnessed life partners cheating with the godparents of their life partners. I witnessed I witnessed life partners cheating with the associates, hangout buddies, people they small talk with. And the talk buddies of their life partners. In other words, I saw their life partners cheat with the talk buddies, hangout buddies, small talk buddies, this, the associates, the colleagues, and the co-workers, and the hangout buddies of their life partners. Sometimes these things happened when I was sitting down and watching, and sometimes these things happen when I was standing up and watching. Um, All these things I saw when I was five years old. And then, because I was unable to get the help I needed, um, and it's not something that I glorify It's something that I find deplorable. There are parts of my life that are of severe deplorability to me. 
it's severely deplorable to me. When I was in college, from about 18 to 21, um, I sadly and tragically had affairs with married women, fiancés, and girlfriends of guys. And the reason why that happened is because all I knew how to do when I was a child was based upon what I saw in organized crime, I was always, I I knew how to relate to women through protecting them physically. You know, most of the time I I walked them away from the perpetrators more than I actually beat them up. In the world of organized crime in my childhood, I tell a lot of stories about how people were beaten and killed because they, you know, they were endangering women and endangering me. My my psychology was tainted by organized crime because in organized crime I learned the ways to relate to women were you protected them, you had sex with them, and because what my grandma said, you had to be chivalrous to them. So organized crime gave me a savior complex towards women. It gave me a messianic figure complex towards women. It gave me the son of God Christ complex towards women because I saw women being in need of rescue and in saving and in preservation all the time. So most of the time, when it came to organized crime, I was the one protecting women, mostly through before it got dangerous or before something bad in terms of words and deeds could have occurred to them, usually I was able to whisk them away to safety by simply grab, you know, grab, holding their hand with their permission, walking arm in arm with them, and walking away from the perpetrators, from the um, evildoers, from the evil they're about to do to them. So most of the time, I was able to do that. There were times where because the perpetrators were relentless, that's when the beatings and the killings occurred. I did none of the killings. I did not order any killings. I never have, never will. I did not do any of the robberies. Never have, never will. I never ordered a robbery. I never ordered any killings. I never ordered any robberies. This is what the sympathizers would do. They would kill them and then take their stuff. Usually the killings happen with guns. There are times where there were knives brought into their warped sense of fruition. So getting back to the, you know, the awful affairs I had in college, all that, all that organized crime, abusive psychology... It made the savior complex. This, let me explain. 
with the savior complex, um, I had to, um, I had to uncover it and I was able to do it this year. I was able to rewire my brain to where it's supposed to be. But let me get back to the awful affairs I say again. So because I didn't get the help I needed. Because I didn't know that I needed help. I didn't know how to get therapy, to get psychiatrists, to get trained help. I didn't know how to speak those things. I didn't know you could get help for those type of things. I knew people got help, but I didn't know what to get help for. Because I went to, you know, the Ivy Mount School where people were able to... um, I knew therapists helped people with pain, but I didn't know how to particularly voice my pain to the trained professionals because... There were repressed memories. The memories were suppressed. So I blocked out a lot of what happened. But because I've been writing and podcasting, the memories keep coming back. And I podcast them out and I wrote a lot of them in my book to clear my head. That's how I clean my head. But to the awful affairs, because... I didn't know how to relate to women any other way. And the guys that they were with, these women in my college years, they were with guys who were misogynistic. um, Very um, emotionally abusive. I didn't see any physical abuse, but it was more of those guys were cheating. So the emotional abuse was they would, I never saw it, but this is what I was told. I could tell it was real because when I was with the women I was with in college, I could tell the emotional abuse was real. I could tell when somebody's emotionally abused because I saw that in organized crime all the time. So these guys that these women were with, you know, their husbands, their fiancés, their boyfriends were cheaters. They were people who... Yeah, we're together, but I can do whatever I want. You have to deal with it. And I'm going to make fun of you and call you names and make you feel bad about your body. It was basically that. So how did the awful affairs happen between me and those women? Um, The savior complex... Well, the the tunnel, the avenue of sex was also the avenue of the savior complex. The avenue of protection, because I grew up with a warped sense of protection because of organized crime. So the avenue in the sex that me and those women had in college, it was warped too because again, organized crime gave me a warped sense of sex. Warp sex, actually. So, and they had their own childhood struggles. They had similar childhood pains than I 
you know, similar childhood pains that I had. You know, they women too. They had childhood pains. They had um, broken family issues. So sometimes broken people try to heal each other, but but uh, horribly and terribly, it it you know we try to heal each other through warpness because that's what we were taught to do. So because we we really did care about each other and for each other, it wasn't snapped where. I'm going to just sleep with you and I don't care how I'm impacting people. And, you know, I'm going to take put, take your life insurance policy from you and give it to the lover. It was never that. It was never malicious. It was never evil. It was we met each other and we really wanted to be kind to each other. Did we know how to be appropriate in terms of being kind to each other? Not 100%, but um, we related to each other in the ways that we were taught. It's like, okay, a good man is being nice to me, and I'm a good woman, right? And, okay, I'm a good man, this good woman is being nice to me. They give me what I'm not used to in terms of, you know, compliments that are sincere from the heart. It's not misogynistic at all. It's actually poetically sweet and you know the um the way this person is treating me holding doors open for me we go out when we eat they um you know make sure that they take my coat off and they take put my coat on, they stand and enter when I enter exit a room, that type of thing. Because I was treating them in the chivalrous ways that my grandma taught me how to treat a woman, all the ways actually. Um based on Southern hospitality, that's that's the type of chivalry and gentlemanly she taught me because I did all that stuff. That's how the sex happened, because there was this um, warped attraction. It had good intentions. It was warped because those weren't the best ways to be respectful of each other and ourselves. Our goal was self-respect and our goal was to respect each other and to respect others. But unhealed trauma in has this invention of warpness in terms of all the good that you're trying to do, all the good that you want to do, all the good that you know you need to do. Immorality can unintentionally present itself. It's not purposeful immorality. It's not one of those, I'm just heartless to be heartless. It's one of those, I want to do the right thing. I don't know how to heal. I don't even, I don't even know how to say I don't know how to heal. I don't even know how to say how can we be appropriate with each other? I don't know how to be appropriate with each other. Our goal was to be appropriate with each other at the same time. Trauma reared its ugly head and that's how you know, I was the um that's how I was able to be 
sadly the side piece. Um, And I'm not glorifying any of this. I'm saying all these things so people can really understand why I'm so into ethical sex, whether it's sex working or non-sex working, right? That's why I'm so big on um, enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic everything, ethical everything. That's me, especially in regards to sex. So I'm not glorifying adultery. I'm not glorifying cheating. I'm just saying these things to actually discourage people from cheating, to discourage people from adultery, because cheating and adultery in extramarital affairs and infidelity that I saw growing up, that unfortunately I was a part of in college, it was, it's one of the biggest misfortunes of my life. Um, those things cause family pain, family trauma, family victimization. In certain cases, if you commit infidelity, you could be imprisoned or executed, depending upon the geographical locale where you are, you know, and this is the first time me admitting this, so... I'm in this podcast, I'm sharing the rest of what I didn't put in my book. You can read the other parts in my book. Uh, Autism and Super Blessing, Volume 1, A Neurodiversity Freedom Narrative. Um, so in my book, I talk about how um, I... I talk about how it's with... I tended to be with older women, very few were young women, and because I was in a predominantly conservative town within, um, you know, Leesburg, Florida, and and those things, um, the races of the women tended to be white and Hispanic. Because I grew up in a town there where that was most of the women that I saw. And if they were black women, they are more like just traveling through the town. But they didn't stay. The white Hispanic people, they lived there. So if there were black women there, would I have had sex with them? Because of the mindset I was made to have, um, what I've, here's the best way to put it, because I don't want to glorify anything. Because of what I could not help but to have the mindset of back then, would black women have been a part of the whole my being their side piece thing? Sadly, yeah, yeah. And, um, this is, and a lot of them were single parents and, um, a lot of them were single and child free. Some were married, some were engaged and some were in monogamous dating and, 
I met some of their kids and they would have their kids at the house of a loved one while me and their mom would have intercourse. And I'm I'm not partic- I'm I'm not proud of that part of my life. I hate it. I detest it. I despise it. I dislike it. It discomforts me, makes me uncomfortable. Do I have any ill feelings toward any of these women? No. Do I have any ill will towards any of these women? No. Do I have any ill will towards any of the men that cheated on them? No. Do I have any ill feelings towards any men that cheated with them? Cheated on them? Actually, no. I don't have any ill will or ill feelings toward them. I hope they all get the healing and the forgiveness that they need to blossom. I hate what happened to them, and I hate what happened between me and them. I don't condone any of the cheating that happened against them, and I also don't condone any of the cheating that, sadly, I did with them. And, um, these are things that a lot of people are afraid to mention, but I'm not. I'm at the point where because I'm so truthful and so honest and so direct and so blunt, nobody can use any of these things against me. Because my podcast, our podcast, I should say, is not about digging up dirt just to um, ruin people's lives. I share these things Um, So people can really understand that these dark parts of life are not jokes. They are traumatically serious. And um, I, and some people say, do you think the women that you cheat with want you to talk about it? Well, they were a part of the if we sleep together, the world will know that was our agreement. So no, I'm not violating their privacy at all. You know, I, I hate the fact that I was a side piece. I also hate the fact that those women had to deal with side pieces. Those women, I wish they were taught that they didn't have to tolerate being not the one and only woman. You know, these guys had women as the other woman, the other women. And I hate what they did. And to be easy on myself, I hate what we did. Because I did not want to cause them any pain. Um, and everybody was of age, so no one was raped when it comes to me and them. But I will say that for me, adultery is a form of annoyance to me. Adultery is a feeling of annoyance to me. Adultery causes me to feel vexation. Adultery causes me to feel irritation. 
uneasiness, disgust, displeasure, nervousness, exasperation, indignation, perturbation, moodiness, mortification, worry, distress, unhappiness, discontentment, heartache, misery, aches and pains of my soul, dissatisfaction, impatience, and pet peeve, and it's a pet peeve of mine. Adultery causes, adultery to me is a source of annoyance, worry, inconvenience, being a nuisance of extreme difficulty and of severe trouble. It's touchiness for me. It's peak for me too. It's provocation for me. And, um... I could not fully enjoy the sex between myself and the women because of it. All that guilt and shame and blame in one's soul. You can't fully enjoy even the adulterous sex that's being had. Adultery is that bad. It's... Adultery is irritating, bothersome, and disturbing to me. And so I had to put this out there because I want people to understand I was never trying to bring um, animosity or enmity at all I'm just saying that all of us were made to feel broken and all of us were made to feel like we consisted of 100% brokenness so did these women and I we also had social lives we went out to eat we talked we were at their home uh, watching TV we also you know that did social events together, those type of things. So it wasn't purely sex. We did other things. We pretty much had the social life of friends who've been friends for for years. That's pretty much what we did together. And they wouldn't mind me sharing that because they're like, well, everything we do, we just, you know, we, it's just, no, this is what we do. And I'm not glorifying any of this because... People need to honor confidentiality and privacy. And I grew up with a warped sense of privacy and with a warped sense of confidentiality. It all meant how organized crime, one of their forms of warped protection is don't share the evil I'm doing against against any type of law enforcement. Or murder and violence will come your way. So organized crime has a warped sense of privacy confidentiality, right? So I grew up with that even when it came to my young adult, early young adult years in college, right? Um, And so this is something I had... This is a sex episode that I really wanted to share now. I know some people are wondering, 
you say you're polyam, you're solo polyamorous, Antonio. And we did our research, and ethical non-monogamy states that you have people who sleep with other people's partners. How does that work for you, Antonio? I would say I do not sleep with anyone's partner without their enthusiastic permission. And the enthusiastic permission has to be 100%. If there's no 100% enthusiastic permission, I'm not going to sleep with your spouse. I'm not going to sleep with your committed life partner and y'all are not married. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that. Um, I am so thankful for my healing that I'm not revisiting those days. I'm not going back to being a side piece without somebody's, without their partner's 100% enthusiastic permission and consent. I'm not doing that. You know, if I do the side piece thing in the future, everyone's in on it. Everyone's cool with it. There's no trauma complexes influencing anything we're saying and doing and thinking and feeling. I just want to clear that up. But yes, these things did happen. My mother was a victim of adultery herself. Her husband wouldn't stop cheating. And... It had to be a null, a null. And some people go, why would you put your mom's business out there? My family covers up scandalous behavior. They're not trying their best to heal. So I feel the need to say these things because it's not about tarnishing the reputation of my family. They do that to themselves by covering up what they should be already getting all the help they need for. I'm just saying, hey, these things are a light to other people. I'm not going to keep quiet what needs to be revealed. If my parents and my family did an excellent job of fully dealing with the pain and doing all of what they can to heal from the pain... I would have spoken on this generically in terms of my mother and the bad stuff in my family. But because they're not trying to deal with it at all, I'm going all the way public about it. It's like, okay, y'all are going to have to deal with this. Because the only way I can make y'all deal with this is if I go public. Now people are watching you. Now people going to be hearing what I'm saying. Now you got to deal with it. Sometimes you got to make people do what they don't want to do. It's not about abuse. It's about there's no logical reason why you shouldn't be doing. There's no logical reason on not doing the right things in life. Not doing what's hard. Because what's hard is usually the most positive, the most loving, the most right thing. The most correct thing, the most morally excellent thing you could be doing in life. So all these things, including watching my mother's brother cheat on women in my presence, this is, he would pretend to be monogamous just to get their panties, sorry for the vulgarity in that, but that's what happened. Um, so, you know, adultery tragically was inevitable for me. 
it happened so frequently and all the other people around me often didn't get the help they needed. They didn't know how to ask for it. If they did, they never voiced it. They never said it around me and they never got the help for it. Some of the people I knew said, I'll never get help. I know I need help. I'll never get it. I'm never going to get it. I'm not going to do the work. It's too hard. It's too painful. So that's how I grew up. I saw those things happen, organized crime, and my mother's brother cheated on women while he lived under my mother's roof. So I had to share this particular sex story of my life. Um... To really get people to understand that what you see on Love, Scorn, Kills or Snap, those shows, there's a lot of sexual misery in life. And I'm just honest about them. And I may lose people for the honesty I share. It's okay, because I never had them in the first place. How can I lose when I never had, if you deeply think about it? I don't look at it as a loss. I look at it as... I gain authentic people of positivity. I gain transparent people of positivity. I gain so much more by admitting such things. So yes, I've done all the healing work I need in terms of that part of my life. I know what's right for me sexually, what's wrong for me sexually. And um, there's more I'm gonna share. Because I want to make this clear. This is how I see ethical sex. Now we're going to talk about, okay, how how have you healed sexually? Share that. That's what the listeners are wondering. I'm going to answer that question right now. I look at ethical sex as art. Ethical sex is a wholesome art form, okay? So I look at sex as an ethical representation of life. Sex is an ethical illustration of life. Sex is an ethical abstraction of life. Sex is an ethical imitation of life. Sex is an ethical modeling of life. Sex is an ethical description of life. Sex is an ethical portrayal of life. Sex is an ethical design of life. Sex is an ethical composition of life. Sex is an ethical performance of life. Sex is an ethical drama of life. Sex is an ethical poetry of life. Sex is an ethical fiction of life. Sex is an ethical nonfiction of life. Sex is an ethical singing of life. Sex is an ethical dancing of life. Sex is an ethical playing in, playing instruments of life. Sex is an ethical personification of life. Sex is an ethical sketching of life. Sex is an ethical molding of life. Sex is an ethical shaping of life. Sex is an ethical painting of life. Sex is an ethical characterization of life. Sex is an ethical creating of life. Sex is an ethical maintenance of life. Sex is an ethical sculpting of life. Sex is an ethical carving of life. Sex is an ethical architecture of life. Sex is an ethical nature of life. Sex is an ethical aspect of the universe. Sex is an ethical aspect of 
the planet Earth. Sex is an ethical aspect of life. Sex is an ethical dance of life. Sex is an ethical literature of life. Sex is an ethical comedy of life. Sex is the ethical music of life. And again, sex is an ethical painting of life. And again, sex is an ethical sculpture of life. So, I know the part that really got people was the word drama. When it, the word drama, when I say sex is an ethical drama of life, it means a play for theater, radio, or television. An exciting, emotional, unexpected series of events or set of circumstances. So ethical drama means it's not reality TV drama. Sex is not reality TV drama. Sex is not tabloid talk shows drama. Sex is not trash TV drama. Sex is not... sensationalist programming drama. That's not what I mean when I say that, okay? So, to me, I say sex havers, this is, here are ethical, here are ethical sex havers. Ethical sex havers are ethical sex artists, ethical sex masters, ethical sex creators, ethical sex painters, Ethical sex composers, ethical sex virtuoso, ethical sex musicians, ethical sex poets, ethical sex novelists, ethical sex dramatists, ethical sex essayists, ethical sex actresses, ethical sex actors, ethical sex playwrights, ethical sex writers, ethical sex performing artists, ethical sex cartoonists, ethical sex opera singers, ethical sex instrumentalists, ethical sex dancers, um, ethical sex ballerinas, ethical sex sculptors, ethical sex etchers, ethical sex engravers, ethical sex designers, and ethical sex photographers and ethical sex architects. These are all the metaphors I'm using when it comes to sex. So that's the healing I've done. I've learned to use um, proper, you know, proper grammar and the synonyms as well as the antonyms to contrast between wholesome sex and unwholesome sex. And, um... This, I'm so thankful... to be able to... share this with you all. Um... But of course there's more. The organized crime, sex, and sexuality that I witnessed is cruel, malevolent, 
spiteful, depraved, wicked, vengeful, evil, sinful, degenerate, brutish, demonic, outrageous, tyrannical, gross, demoralizing, evil-minded, vicious, brutal, rough, wild, bestial, ferocious, monstrous, demoniac, debased, destructive, harmful, mischievous, callous, unnatural, merciless, sadistic, unpitying, merciful, unyielding, remorseless, pitiless, unfeeling, inflexible, bloodthirsty, unrelenting, relentless, grim, inhuman, inhumane, atrocious, harsh, heartless, stony, unconcerned, showing no mercy, turning deaf ears, hard as nails, because organized crime, sex, and sexuality is not merciful, not kindly, and not compassionate. The organized crime, sex, and sexuality I saw included their version of adult sex work and their version of child sex work. It was all about being savagely, inhumanly, viciously, and brutally animalistic. So people did all types of sexual things out in the open world of organized crime. It could be group sex. It could be two people sex. Whether it was sex work or no sex work. Whether it was hookup sex, adulterous sex. It could be one night stands. It could be anonymous sex. It could be sex work it could be the usage of children pimping and prostituting kids and adults and some of the pimping and prostituting of adults were against their will some of them had to do involuntary prostitution and some of them had to do involuntary um sex work of all kinds they some of them had to do involuntary adult sex tourism so people did anything sexually went out in the open it could be I remember witnessing bestiality many times necrophilia many times and incest many times and organized crime And um, I remember witnessing how outrageous and tyrannical the organized crime, sex, and sexuality actually is. Um, Hookups are not bad. But when it comes to organized crime, it is. um, One-night stands, anonymous sex are not bad. But when it comes to organized crime, they both are. Um, I witnessed 
a lot of promiscuity and organized crime. And all these sexual things I saw, I saw it standing up and I saw it sitting down. Either way, I was watching. Couldn't help but to watch. I was forced to watch. So... Organized crime is filled with cruelty, brutality, barbarity, sadism, inhumanity, barbarism, mercilessness, wickedness, coarseness, ruthlessness, severities, extremes, malice, rancor, venom, coldness, unfeelingness, cold-bloodedness, cold-heartedness, Insensibility, insensitivities, desensitization, indifferences, fierceness, bestiality, ferocity, savagery, grimness, monstrousness, inflexibilities, fiendishness, hardness of heart, hard-heartedness, bloodthirstiness, tortures, relentlessness, persecutions, harshness, heartlessness, compassionlessness, atrocities, evils, tyranny, Because in organized crime, there's no kindness, no benevolence, and no humanity. It's it's an unyielding, unmerciful, unpitying organized crime can be. In organized crime is unnatural to morally excellent people like myself, like most people in the world, who are, most people in the world are morally excellent people. So, organized crime are, it's an unwholesome choice to make. It's filled with unwholesome choices, illegal choices, obviously. Organized crime All aspects of organized crime is actually abnormal. And it should always be abnormal. Organized crime is about making the abnormal normal. Which is just... Heartlessly a fact. It's ruthlessly a fact. It's unmercifully a fact that people make the abnormal normal. Ugh, it's a hard fact. F A C T. Um. In the world of organized crime. I saw I saw these things and these things I'm talking about and please hear me out in organized crime I saw what is called um sex tourism this is what I saw in the world of organized crime over recent years adults only sex resorts 
have become a popular alternative for travelers wanting to experience consensual sex abroad whilst avoiding the ethical issues of paid sexual activity. Those results can be characterized as safe, consensual spaces and sexually positive nature, where all expressions of gender orientation and relationships are free of any pressure now. In organized crime, adults-only resorts tend to be unsafe, not always consensual, um, heteronormative, heterosexist, of cissexism and cisnormativity, and sexually negative nature. So adults-only resorts when it comes to organized crime is completely evil. Um, now, adults-only sex resorts of the good kind are safe, are consensual spaces, are sexually positive nature, where all expression of gender orientation and relationships are free of any pressure. Those are the good kinds of adults-only sex resorts, but the adults-only sex resorts when it comes to organized crime is transphobic, homophobic, biphobic, lesbophobic, of trans misogyny, of trans misandry, misogynistic, and misandrist. Um, so I witnessed organized crime type of adult-only sex resorts. Now, the good kinds of adult-only sex resorts, those are the only ones I appreciate. Um, now, I was a victim of child sex tourism. There, there were sex tourists who were adults who raped me. Let me tell you about the child sex tourism I was exposed to growing up. Some sex tourists travel in order to engage in sex with children. Sadly, that includes me. While it is criminal in most countries, including America, this industry is believed to involve as many as 2 million children around the world. I, I'm one of those... Two million kids. Um, Thailand is considered to have the worst child sex trafficking record, followed closely by Brazil. America has a horrible child sex trafficking record, and I'm one of the numbers within that child sex trafficking record, sadly. Child sex tourists may not have a specific preference for children. Um, It says child sex tourists, the the particular child sex tourists that I was exposed to did have a specific preference for children as sexual partners, which included me. And they did take advantage of situations in which children, me being one of them, were made available to them for sexual exploitation. Some of these child sex tourists travel from wealthier countries, you know, richer towns or rich regions of that country to less developed destinations where I was, particularly as a child, where poor economic conditions, favorable exchange rates for the traveler, relative anonymity are key factors conditioning their illegal misbehavior and their illegal sex tourism. That's what occurred to me. 
child sex tourism, it, it actually means child rape tourism, child molestation tourism, pedophilia tourism. So yes, pedophilia tourists, um, child rapists, and child rape tourists, and child molesters tourists who have an industry of child abuse, an industry of crime, an industry of violence, industry of abuse, and industry of trauma, industry of victimization. So this is what happened to me growing up. I was exploited by local people in sex tourists, all of them who are adults. So yes, uh, the exploitation of me as a child did occur to me. And uh, my children, my rights as a child were were eradicated. So I was a victim of human trafficking. I was, in a, I was a victim of child trafficking. I was a victim of sex trafficking. And I did witness adult trafficking all the time. Um, here are other things. Now, it was amazing in the world of organized crime because a lot of people had to hide their not being heterosexual and they had to hide their not being cisgender. I did witness adult gay sex tourism as a child. Um, Similar to heterosexual sex tourism markets, which were the biggest sex tourism markets that I witnessed as a child with an organized crime, some arrangements may be monetary and others may not. I witnessed that too. Um... I saw vicarious bisexual sex tourism all the time. It was just underground. It was hidden. Because they were forced to be on the down low. I want to say that adult sex tourism, as long as it's of enthusiastic consent, enthusiastic Enthusiastic quality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety is all good. The organized crime versions of sex tourism are all completely pure evil. Um, and um, I was, it was said that I was forced to be a child prostitute. Child prostitution is evil. Um, Adult prostitution in and of itself is inherently good as long as everyone's excited about it and everyone's of age. You know, do everything within law and reason. That's just how I am, including sex. So I just feel like the adult prostitution I saw in organized crime, that was bad. That was completely bad. And, um,
you know, the good kind of red light districts, as long as it's not, you know, on, you know as long as it's not uh, abusive or, 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 you know, dehumanizing is not bad. But the organized crime version of red light districts are all completely evil. And I did, I did witness um, organized crime, red light districts, and organized crime, um, adult sex industry. Those are all completely bad. And I did, I was forced to endure the abuse of the organized crime version of child red light districts and the child sex industry. Those are all completely bad. Um, I just really felt like I had to say those things. And um, I want to say this on record. Um, Hookup culture is not bad, but the organized crime version of hookup culture is bad. Um, I did. I was forced to endure organized crime hookup culture. I want to say this on record. Non-relationship sex is not bad, but the organized crime, non-relationship sex that I saw is completely bad. And I want to say this again. Hookup culture is not bad, but the organized crime version of hookup culture that I witnessed is completely bad. Sex without dating is not bad, but the organized crime version of sex without dating sex without dating that I witnessed is completely bad. Hookups are not bad, but the organized crime version of the hookups that I was forced to witness is completely bad. Um, Sexual revolution and free love and sexual liberation are not bad, but the organized crime versions of those things that I saw is complete are completely bad. Um casual sex is not bad, but the organized crime version of the casual sex that I saw is bad completely. Um Friends with benefits and booty calls are not bad, but the organized crime version of those things are completely bad and I was sad that it was sad it's sad that I was forced to witness them. Um so one night stands and casual sex are not bad, but organized crime versions of those things are bad. Um all the intimacies, all the forms of intimacies are not bad, but the organized crime version of all the intimacies and all the, and you know and all and intimacies are are completely bad. And differentiating between ethical sex and organized crime sex, there's a difference between ethical sexuality and the organized crime sexuality that I was forced to witness.
the married married sex and unmarried sex and fornication and promiscuity are not bad, but organized crime versions of those things are completely bad. Um, premarital sex and sex before marriage are not bad, but the organized crime versions of sex before marriage and premarital sex are completely bad. Um, uncommitted sex is not bad, but the organized crime version of uncommitted sex <coughs> is completely, <coughs> completely bad. Dating is not bad, but organized crime type of dating is bad. Casual dating and commitment dating are not bad, but the organized crime versions of those types of dating are completely bad. Social sex and recreational sex are not bad, but the organized crime versions of those types of sex are completely bad. No strings attached sex is not bad, but the organized crime version of no strings attached sex is completely bad. Hookups are not bad, and hookup sex are not bad, but organized crime versions of hookup sex and hookups are bad. So I'm just wanting people to really understand that cruising for sex or cruising is walking and driving about a locality called the cruise ground in search of a sex partner, usually of the anonymous, casual, one-time variety. So for an organized crime, cruising for sex can mean anonymous, casual, one-time variety, or it could be you know, a regular sexual partnerships, usually the uncommitted kind. So cruising for sex is not bad, but the organized crime version of cruising for sex is bad. Yeah. Anonymous sex, casual sex, and one night stands are not bad, but or- the organized crime versions of anonymous sex, casual sex, and one night stands are completely bad. And I can tell you they're bad because I witnessed all of the organized crime, sex, and sexuality. So I know for certain, sadly, that they're, that it's all com- that sex of any kind and, and all kinds are completely bad because it's organized crime. But all these types of sex I'm saying um, that I'm telling you about that are ethical are completely good. When I say are not bad in terms of sex, it means completely good, okay? So people understand what I'm talking about. Um,
it's definitely important for me to really share such things so people can really, really understand. Swinging and prostitution and all types of sex work and open relationships and open marriages and, you know, polygamy, polygyny, polyandry, polygynandry are not bad. They're completely good. But the organized crime versions of all those things that I witnessed are completely bad. Yeah, swinging is completely good, but the organized crime version of swinging is completely bad. Um, hooking up, like I keep saying, ain't bad. It's completely good, but the organized crime versions of those things are completely bad. Um, all the kissing and sensuality and Uh, Being sexual and being kinky and conventional sex, unconventional sex and shape-shifting and all the sexual personalities are completely good. But the organized crime versions of all those things are completely bad. And romantic relationships and sexual relationships are not bad. They're completely good. But the organized crime versions of romantic relationships and casual relationships are completely bad and sexual relationships because organized crime are completely bad but sexual relationships are completely good um, as a whole just not the ones organized crime I repeat myself um Okay, let me get deeper so y'all know the difference. So, group sex, non-monogamous sex, sex clubs, massage parlors, brothels, sex parties, swinger parties, slash gatherings, circle jerks, daisy chains, gang bangs, threesomes or three ways, menage a trois, foursome or four ways, menage a quatre, household of four, double penetration, spenturian, Monogamous group sex, the same room sex, also known as soft swapping, are all completely good, but the organized crime versions of all these types of sex are completely bad. Let's say this group masturbation among women, that's completely good. The organized crime version of that is completely bad. Orgies are completely good. The organized crime version of orgies are completely bad. (laughs) Penetrative sex and non-penetrative sex are completely good. But the organized crime versions of penetrative sex and non-penetrative sex are completely bad. Uh, 
And I really feel the need to say this to be responsible. Okay. Webcam modeling, pornographic modeling, adult content subscription services, strippers, naked butlers, pole dancing, phone sex operators, having sexual-oriented conversations with clients and may do verbal sexual roleplay, go-go dancing, erotic dancing, neo-burlesque, American burlesque, Victorian burlesque, twerking, strip teasing, table dancing, erotic massaging, grinding, lap dancing, pornographic film acting, peep show performers, escort services, girlfriend experience, call girls, call boys, sugar baby, sugar parenting, sugar dating, sexual surrogates, working with psychoanalysts to engage in sexual activities, part of therapy with their clients, street prostitution, indoor prostitution, brothel work, massage parlor related prostitution, bar or casino prostitution are all completely good, but the organized crime version of all these types of sex work are completely bad. So full legalization of sex or the full decriminalization of sex work is completely good. But when it comes to organized crime, it's completely bad. But again, the full decriminalization of sex work and full legalization of sex work is completely good because of morally excellent people, which are the majority of people in life. I I say again... Transactional sex and non-transactional sex are completely good. But when it comes to organized crime, transactional sex and non-transactional sex are completely bad. Sex positivity, being pro-sex, sex positivity movement are completely good. But when it gets into the hands of organized crime, they're all completely Bad. Adult sex tourism is completely good, but when it comes to organized crime, it's completely bad. Child sex tourism is completely bad in and of itself. Um, infidelity and extramarital, you know, extramarital effect, you know, infidelity, adultery, and cheating are completely bad. Um, now, ex- like, extramarital sex, as long as all the life partners enthusiastically consent to it and they never have a problem with it, it's completely good. But extramarital affairs are completely bad. There's a difference. Extramarital affairs, when you have extramarital sex and the life partners are not okay with it and they never are. While the extramarital sex, meaning, hey, we're non-monogamous and it's ethical and we're cool with this and we never have an issue with it, that's good. So there's good extramarital sex. That's completely good. Then there's bad extramarital affairs that are completely bad. And when you have extramarital sex and extramarital affairs, especially organized crime, they're really completely bad. Human trafficking is completely bad. Child prostitution is completely bad. Child sex tourism is completely bad. Adult trafficking is completely bad. Sex trafficking is completely bad. Child trafficking is completely bad. 
Okay, Exotic Dancing is completely good, but the organized crime version of Exotic Dancing is completely bad. Prostitution is good, but the organized crime version of prostitution is completely bad. Sex work and sex work, sex workers, sex work is completely good, but organized crime makes them completely bad. In the world of organized crime, LGBT, LGBTQI plus culture, LGBTQI plus sex, non-binary and genderless genderqueer cultures and sex are all completely good. But organized crime tries to make them all completely bad. You know, so there's a difference between how organized crime approaches eroticism and how most people morally excellent in this world approach eroticism. So eroticism is completely good. Organized crime makes it completely bad. So I need people to understand how I'm feeling. Um, Pornography and porn acting are completely good because of organized crime. It's all completely bad. Uh, HIV slash AIDS, AIDS stigmas and sexual infections and disease stigmas are all completely bad. Um, sex workers' rights is completely good. When it comes to organized crime, it's completely bad. So this episode is truly freeing to me because I'm giving you all of what happened. Okay. Um, sex with relatives, you know, here's what I want to say. Sex with other people's relatives and adult children and colleagues and co-workers and uh, associates and talk buddies, hang up buddies, small talk buddies are completely good as long as whoever, whoever you're with is enthusiastically per, per, permitting you to do that, enthusiastically consenting for that. When it comes to organized crime, it's all completely bad. All types of sex... As long as it's enthusiastically consensual, enthusiastically equality, enthusiastic respect, enthusiastic trust, enthusiastic safety are all completely good. Because organized crime, it's all completely bad. And incest is completely bad, bestiality is completely bad, and necrophilia is completely bad. So, I'm so thankful I can talk about this.
And, um... So, when it comes to sex... To me, I look at sex... I look at sex as an ethical announcement. I look at sex as... I look at ethical... When I say sex and when I give good synonyms and good words to it... I'm, I've obviously referred to ethical sex, so... I look at ethical sex as an ethical announcement. Ethical announcements, ethical declarations, ethical notifications, ethical predictions, ethical proclamations, ethical communications, ethical publications, ethical reports, ethical statements, ethical advertisements, ethical decisions, ethical news, ethical tidings, ethical returns, ethical bulletins, ethical edicts, ethical white papers, ethical messages, ethical notices, ethical interim reports, ethical surveys, ethical advising, and ethical advices, um, ethical items, ethical communiques, ethical speech, ethical releases, ethical handbills, ethical posters, ethical pamphlets, ethical circulars, ethical billboards, ethical brochures, ethical form letters, ethical facts, um, ethical emails, ethical telegrams, ethical text messages, Ethical phone calls, ethical cablegrams, ethical letters, ethical leaflets, ethical advertisements. Those are all of the ways that I see ethical sex as AS. And when it comes to ethical sex regarding my life, there are no unethical secrets. There are no unethical bends and there are no unethical silence. No unethical silencing. So that is how I wanted to say that's how sex should be, you know, so people could really think about such things. Did I? Sexting is completely good, but organized crime type of sexting is completely bad. So. That's why I had to do the special sex episode so I could really be free. Um, so I want to talk about um, the concept of secret double dipping and double living. Those things are all bad, especially when it comes to organized crime. So there's more that to explain. If you hear me turning the page... That's me using my Webster's Dictionary. I love using it when it comes to my episodes that I do. So, sex, when it comes to organized crime, is filled with unwholesome secrets, unwholesome mysteries, unwholesome deep mysteries, unwholesome somethings veiled, unwholesome something's hidden, unwholesome confidence, unwholesome private matters, unwholesome codes, unwholesome telegrams, unwholesome personal matters, unwholesome privileged information, unwholesome top secrets, unwholesome enigmas, unwholesome puzzles, unwholesome something's forbidden, 
unwholesome classified information, unwholesome confidential information, unwholesome inside information, unwholesome unknowns, unwholesome the unknowns, unwholesome quietly, unwholesome quietly traumatic, unwholesome serotip, surreptitiously traumatic and unwholesome slyly traumatic because sex and kind of organized crime is is filled with unwholesome secrets um so let me be more clear about organized crime sex Organized crime sex is are filled with unwholesome secrets. It's unwholesomely mysterious, unwholesomely ambiguous, unwholesomely hidden, unwholesomely unknown, unwholesomely arcane, unwholesomely cryptic, unwholesomely esoteric, unwholesomely um, classified, unwholesomely dark, unwho- unwholesomely veiled unwholesomely ignomatic, unwholesomely inscrutable, unwholesomely strange, unwholesomely deep, unwholesomely buried in mystery, unwholesomely obscure, unwholesomely clouded, unwholesomely shrouded, unwholesomely unenlightened, unwholesomely unintelligible, unwholesomely cabalistic. Um... Um, that's why I live a life of my ethical sex being wholesomely known, wholesomely revealed, and wholesomely exposed. Organized crime, sex, sexuality are unwholesomely hidden, unwholesomely latent, Unwholesomely secluded, unwholesomely concealed, unwholesomely hidden, unwholesomely operating secretly, unwholesomely clandestine, unwholesomely underhand, unwholesomely underhanded, unwholesomely stealthy, unwholesomely sly, unwholesomely serotipious. Because organized crime, sex, sexuality are unwholesomely serotipiously traumatic, I say again, organized crime sex sexuality is unwholesomely close, unwholesomely furtive, unwholesomely closed, unwholesomely disguised, unwholesomely undercover, unwholesomely backdoor, meaning unwholesomely secretive. Uh, it's, it's unwholesomely confidential, unwholesomely classified, unwholesomely backstairs, meaning again, unwholesomely secretive unwholesomely incognito, unwholesomely camouflage, unwholesomely, again, enigmatic, unwholesomely under false pretenses, unwholesomely unrevealed, unwholesomely undisclosed, unwholesome, unwholesomely dissembled, um, unwholesomely dissimulated, unwholesomely under wraps, unwholesomely secretive, my ethical sex is, uh, is wholesomely open, wholesomely ab- Above board and wholesomely overt. Um, 
Organized crime sex has unwholesome behind the scenes, unwholesome in secrets, unwholesome on the slides, unwholesome behind closed doors, unwholesome under the table, unwholesomely quiet, unwholesomely hush-hush, unwholesomely behind folks' back, um, unwholesomely, intimately, personally, confidentially between you and me in strict confidence. They're all unwholesome when it comes to organized crime. It's secret. It's unwholesomely, secretly, privately, covertly, obscurely, darkly, surreptitiously, furtively, stealthily, underhandedly, and slyly occurring. Um, and um, let me use this same. Let me share more. That in some cases, when it comes to organized crime, including the sex and sexuality of it, Organized crime, sex, sexuality is filled with pollution, corruption, defilement, adulteration, blight, soiling, fouling, foulness, taint, tainting, polluting, decomposition, desecration, profanation, abuse, deterioration, rottenness, impairment, misuse, infection, besmearing, besmirching, smirching, uh, sewage, soap suds, garbage, factory waste, Detergent, carbon monoxide, automobile or bus or truck, exhaust, um, pesticides, and factory smoke. That's how I look at organized crime, especially the sex and sexuality of it. Those are all the ways I see it. So... So, when it comes to organized crime, um, um, Organized, some organized crime victims of sex and sexuality make their unethical sex public, available to the public, free to all, without charge, with charge, open, unrestricted, not private, known, free, and paid. Sometimes in organized crime, they do that. Sometimes in organized crime, their sex and sexuality means that their unethical sex is of publications, the act of making public, writing, printing, broadcasting, 
announcement, notification, promulgation, issuing, statement, advertisement, communication, revelation, disclosure, discovery, make making, current, making available, something published, news, tiding, information, books, magazines, and newspapers. Those things do happen within organized crime, sex, and sexuality of the unethical sex type. Lastly, I'll say this about uh, ethical sex. Ethical sex should be wholesomely public, wholesomely available to the public, wholesomely free to all, wholesomely without charge, wholesomely with charge, wholesomely open, wholesomely unrestricted, wholesomely not private, wholesomely known, wholesomely free, wholesomely paid, of wholesome publications, of wholesome the act of making public, of wholesome writings, wholesome printings, wholesome broadcasting, wholesome announcements, wholesome notifications, wholesome promulgations, wholesome issuing, wholesome statements, wholesome advertisements, wholesome communication, wholesome revelation, wholesome disclosures, wholesome discoveries, wholesome making current, wholesome making available, wholesome something published, wholesome news, wholesome tidings, wholesome information, wholesome books, wholesome magazines, wholesome newspapers, right? So that's how I look at ethical sex. Now, some ethical sex should be private, um, depending upon the what people have to gather. So let me include that. So there's more I want to tell you all, and I hope that you are able to hear the pages. This is my last statement. Then I'll conclude uh, the episode. Um... Some ethical sex should be wholesomely private, wholesomely special, wholesomely separate, wholesomely um, secluded, wholesomely um, not open, wholesomely behind the scenes, wholesomely off the record, wholesomely privy, wholesomely clandestine, wholesomely individual, wholesomely single, wholesomely owned, wholesomely married, wholesomely unmarried, um... Wholesomely removed, wholesomely retired, wholesomely not open. Um, of wholesome privacy, wholesome seclusion, wholesome solitude, wholesome retreating, wholesome isolation, wholesome separateness, wholesome aloofness, wholesome separation, wholesome concealment, wholesome secrecy, wholesomely secretive, wholesomely secretly, wholesomely not publicly, wholesomely, privately, wholesomely and private, wholesomely, not public, wholesomely, not open, wholesomely, not exposed, wholesomely, personally, wholesomely, personal. So now, I've shared everything I needed to share about all of what I witnessed in terms of organized crime, sex, and sexuality, how it led to those awful affairs when I was in college and um, and and everything about how ethical sex should be whether it's public and whether it's private